Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Service for all brands of print equipment in your office? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. All right, it's 1234 in Edmonton. Bob Stoffer, Brendan S. Scott with you. Roos Chris Steakhouse, the greatest steak you've ever had. Edmonton owned and operated. Open Wednesday through Sunday from 5 p.m. until close. You can head down to 9990 Jasper Avenue. Tell Brendan, Maggie, Taylor, and the staff at Roos Chris that Oilers Now sent you. Just before we go to our Oilers Now headliner, I want to read you a text because we'll get John Shannon to jump in on this as well. Bob says, Frank, do you think the Capitals will be swept? Well, on that note, we go to our NHL insider, John Shannon. Our headliner today brought to you by Touchback Safety. Your safety is their goal. Discover your safety training solutions at touchbacksafety.com. 3 nothing for the New York Islanders after a brilliant uh, goal yesterday by Matthew Barzell. They are up on the Washington Capitals. Uh, the Caps are on the verge of being swept. John, do you think it can happen? Oh, absolutely, Bob. Uh, I mean, let's face it, uh, the first two games, there's no question that the uh, – the Islanders have been the better team. Uh, and in many ways now, I think the, we need to hear the verdict of whether Nick Backstrom can play or not. I, I, I have my doubts. And if Backstrom uh, can't perform, then all of a sudden, uh, and with what's happened on the blue line, all of a sudden the Caps, who we thought had so much depth, they don't have very much depth. And I think that's a huge concern for uh, Todd Reardon and Brian McClellan. We have Kevin Weeks uh, coming up a little bit later on in the show. Say hello for me, will you? I will. Um, tell, him to, tell him just to keep it simple and don't uh, and, and don't, try not to use big words. Okay. Uh, I know that's the mistake I often make on this show. Uh, but I, I'm going to just a little bit about goaltending and about a goaltending guru by the name of Mitch Korn. And, I mean, we first started hearing about Mitch Korn when Dominic Hasek went from this unorthodox guy that couldn't stop pucks in Chicago to becoming the league MVP in Buffalo when he went to work with Mitch Korn. Then Nashville comes into the league. And Mitch Corden goes off to work with Barry Trotz. And suddenly guys like uh, Thomas Vilkun and Pecorine exceed the expectations of what people had on them. Then Corn goes with Barry Trotz to Washington. And Braden Holtby's career takes off. Okay. Meanwhile, the guys in Nashville start Pecorine's getting older, but he drops off a bit. Um, Mitch and Barry go into Washington. They win a cup. Holpe looks like a top-five goaltender in the world. Uh, Lula Amarillo brings in Barry Trotz because Washington didn't want to re-up him. And uh, Trotz brings in Mitch Korn. Suddenly, Braden Holpe looks human again. Uh, Robin Lehner goes into Long Island, has an unbelievable season. Uh, now they got Varlamov. And, we, you know, and I'm just kind of wondering a bit here, we never, you know, I saw a piece today written of the difference between the Islanders and the Maple Leafs by Damian Cox. Uh, sometimes I would, you know, goaltending is a pretty important position. When you have a guy like that, John, that's had success wherever he's been and made goalies been better, I mean, put it this way, do you think Barry Trotz knows how good Mitch Korn is? 
Oh, I, I think Barry Trotz understands what Mitch Korn can do for you. I don't think there's any question about that. Uh, you, you know, and, and your 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 path of uh, Trotz and Korn working together is absolutely right. Uh, Korn does have his detractors. There are people that think he's full of it, and, and he's got and he's created a, something of smoke and mirrors. But when you consider the, the, the names that you had and how well they played. Uh, don't forget, Thomas Grace had a pretty good season last year, too, uh, with the Islanders with right. corn around. So uh, all of a sudden, you know, I think that having goaltending and having a, a guy like Corn that they can rely on, and there's more than Corn in on Long Island because right. Lou actually brought his uh, goalie coach uh, from, from the, the Leafs, Leafs yep. to, uh, to Long Island as well. So from, from that point, Lou's a very smart man, and he got his guy, and Trotz got his guy, and they have... Uh, they have improved the Islander goaltending, uh, you know, exponentially in that period of time. So yes, uh, Mitch Korn can be a difference maker uh, when it comes to uh, in- improving goaltenders. And you're right, Robin Leonard's on that list too. When you consider how his career turned around uh, in so many ways, not just on the ice, when his uh, w- with his year on Long Island. Well, there's always a reason why I do this, John. You know that. Well, not always. Sometimes I'm just making no, up BS. No, there's only one reason. There's only one reason. All right. So Robin Lehner is an unrestricted free agent uh, coming up, okay? And I've had people say to me, well, the Oilers need to target now Robin Lehner. I don't know how they do that. They've got Koskinen at $4.5 and, and they, they don't have a lot of cap space. My actual concern with Robin Lehner is he had one unbelievable year with the Islanders, with Mitch Korn. He had a pretty good year going in Chicago and was solid in Vegas. But someone, a former goaltender who shall remain nameless, said to me, Bob, take a look what happens two or three years after the goalies uh, no longer have Mitch as their goalie coach and the drop-off that occurs with the goaltenders. Um and that was an interesting point. Because, John, I think you and me would both agree. Do you think the Oilers could, uh, should Ken Holland re-sign Mike Smith as an unrestricted free agent? Or does Edmonton maybe need to go down a different path than Costa and Smith next year? Um, I, I think you have to find a way to get a little younger uh, while you wait for your young guys to, to grow in Bakersfield. Uh, you know, I think that they have their, the Oilers have their fingers and toes crossed. Uh, Brendan, if you could put John on hold here. You there, Brendan? Thank you very much. Uh, well, some would say that's the best John has sounded in a very long time, but I don't think so. Sounds like we had a little bit of a malfunction at the junction. It is currently 140, uh, check that, 1240 in Edmonton. You can text us at any time at 780-496-0063 on our Ashley Fine Floors text line. Um, and again, uh, Keep texting us throughout the course of today's show. A lot of people had some comments on Caleb Jones. This text comes in saying, Bob, Sam Bennett was a monster yesterday. Sam Bennett's been good in the playoffs every year in Calgary. Back to John Shannon. John, we were just talking about Oilers goaltenders. What should the team do moving forward? You know, Bob, I think we're still having the same problem with his connection, unfortunately. Okay. Can you uh, get him to call back on a different line if possible, Brendan, if that's all right? Working on it. Okay. Uh, I'll tell you what, Brendan. Why don't we do this? Just 
can, uh, while we have the opportunity here, let's go into the Oilers Now Audio Vault for our friends at Direct Workwear, where safety meets savings in Edmonton, Fort McMurray, and online at directworkwear.com. I know that uh, David Staples referenced this on the Cult of Hockey. Here's Al May's assessment of the Oilers' season and their roster. Well, I think it's laughable to criticize McDavid and Drysaddle. They produced at what they were supposed to do. And the, the rest of the guys, you know, I know the effort's there. But systematically, they weren't doing the right thing. How many times I saw sticks in the air, not checking on the puck. And the Oilers are not a fast team. They have some very fast players, but they are not a fast team. And as I referred to earlier, the, the defense is not that agile. It's not that mobile. Kluckbaum's a, a good skater. He's a different skater, but he's not a speedster. Darnell Nurse can, can wind it up, but he's not an agile guy. Ethan Bear is still learning how to play the game. He's not a high-end speed guy, in my opinion. And then the other guys, Russell, he doesn't have the speed. Benning doesn't and have the speed to play a game. So you have to rely on a five-man unit of defensive play, and the Oilers didn't do that. They, they reminded me so much of what happened in Washington for years. You expect Dreisaitl and David to score every single goal, and the other guys weren't chipping in. They didn't take it upon themselves to step up. Uh, their third and fourth liners still need to do more, and they need to rise up, and they weren't getting that. But the biggest thing, there wasn't enough shot blocks. There weren't enough finished hits. There weren't enough takes. Takeaways and you know eliminating the other team passing. So you know McDavid and Drysaddle aren't there to beat Doug Jarvis and Guy Carboneau. They're there to provide offense. They still they cannot score every goal. They were plus players in the series. They're high level of intensity every single time they were out. But to me, the lack of depth, and we've talked about this for years. I, I like Tippett as a coach. I, I like what Playfair brings, but the, the overall skating dynamic of that team has to drastically and you know improve to get this team to go and start winning playoff rounds because right now it's just not there. That's Al May. Again, our Oilers Now Audio Vault for Direct Workwear, where safety meets savings in Edmonton, Fort McMurray, and online at uh, directworkwear.com. I believe we've got our gremlins worked out, so we're going to go back to our NHL insider, John Shannon. He's our headliner today for touchback safety. All right, John, so goaltending. We'll start there. How would you handle that situation? You mentioned you think maybe the team needs to look at a little bit younger of an option. I do. I mean, we, we you know, Koskinen's obviously part of the future, but uh, and, and you know, the question is, is whether Mike wants to come back and play. That's one thing. Um, but at the same time, I think you have to start working on the future, and that's the that's that's going to be Kenny's challenge between now and when the next season starts, whether it's December, whether it's January or February. Uh, from from that perspective, is that uh, if there's somebody out there they can find that fits the bill. Uh, and, 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 you know, because you, you're still going to have to wait for the kids, like the kids in Bakersfield, yeah. uh, if they're even good enough. And that becomes another question, you know, a guy like Skinner, if he's good enough at that point. But at the same time, goaltenders take so long to develop. I mean, we, we talked about Robin Leonard earlier. How long did it take before Robin Leonard became Years. a goalie? Years. Years. For years. There, there's not very many Carter Hearts in this world. You know, no. Look at Jordan Bennington. Jordan Bennington took until he was 26. He was going to quit. He, he was he was going to give him one more year, and then he was going to quit. Then he has an unbelievable year, and guess what? Now he's been, you know, Jake Allen had to go in there, help get him the win. All right, uh, you know what? This is going to tie into another topic. Tuka Rask and what, what, what happened over the weekend with Boston. Uh, 
Look, I'm an old school guy from Alberta. Go out there, work hard. You know, it's an honor to work and all that kind of stuff. But I got to tell you, this is a whole different world. You never have any idea what's going on in a guy's personal life. Uh, the whole setup and the situation around this is is very challenging. We have no idea what kind of outside pressure was going on in Tuca's life. Um, Obviously, you know, like all parents, he cares about his, you know, his, his children and his and his wife. So I, I, I have absolutely, I totally, fundamentally understand why he made the decision that he made. I know that there was some criticism, not a lot. Most people were ninety eight percent supportive. Um, how did you think? There's any? I mean, this guy's been a basically a nine twenty two, nine twenty three. A lot of years he's been over 930. He might even win the Vezna this year, John. It, it, there's no way they would move him, would they? I don't think so. Uh, I, you know, the, the the biggest rule during the pandemic, Bob, is there are no rules. Exactly. You know, you know, the, the, we we don't understand. Uh, I mean, I, I have I have never been in a bubble as tight uh, as the NHL players and, and staff are under in both Edmonton and Toronto, but I have been away for extended periods of time, 75, 60, and 45 days doing Olympics in, on other continents uh, when I get the phone call from my wife asking me to please come home. Uh, and um, you know what? I'd love to go home, but I have a job to do. And uh, and uh, it puts a strain on your on your family life. It puts a strain on your marriage. Uh, and at a certain point, when you are given the option, which the players were, yes, they were given the out. He took it, and therefore, under the rules of engagement between the players' association between and the NHL and the Boston Bruins, Duke Rask did everything well within his right. Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, and again, this guy's a top-flight goaltender. What, I'm going to throw another name at you. What about a guy? What do you think Pittsburgh's trying to do with Matt Murray right now? Well, you know, it's funny. I wonder if at this point Pittsburgh's in almost an identical situation that they were before Vegas joined the National Hockey League. Uh, when you consider that next summer we're going to be having an expansion draft, and can Jim Rutherford do another side deal with another team yep. uh, in order to try to find a way to protect Tristan and get Matt Murray uh, being the claimed guy in Seattle? Who knows? I mean, it, 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 would, it would not surprise me. Jimmy's a very creative guy, uh, and I think that they have grown to love Tristan Jari. Uh, in uh, in Pittsburgh, and therefore Matt Murray becomes expendable, and Jim does not want to lose him uh, for nothing. So uh, that that to me becomes a a, a real question of, of what they do with him. He's a three point seven five million dollar cap hit. He's a restricted free agent. He's won two Stanley Cups. Except Tristan Jari, the former Edmonton Oil King, who was the last WHL goalie to lead his team to the Memorial Cup championship, he supplanted Murray when the Penguins were playing their best this year. He's their goalie of the future. I, I can tell you I'd have interest in, in uh, Matt Murray. I mean, I think Matt Murray's still a pretty good goalie. Um, but, the, you know, you got to qualify him probably. I mean, you got to pay him at least $4 million a year, being expensive. Yeah. Yeah, and, and the, the, the question for Murray is, and you talked about how Tristan took over, is that Matt had some health issues. Yeah, and and you have to be uh, you have to be assured that those health issues, and whether it's concussion or other things, uh, you have to be assured that uh, that, that it, it's worth the risk. I mean, I uh, case in point, 
And it's an awful situation. In case in point, the amount of money the Canucks spent, not on a goalie, but spent on Michael Furlan. Yeah. Uh, and uh, there were people, uh, when Furlan was a free agent, there were people saying, we're not going to go near him because we, we think he's, you know, he's he's too fragile. And he's going to be, uh, he, he's, he's going to cause us an issue. Even though when he plays, he's fantastic. Um, but he's going to be he's going to be an issue if he can't stay healthy. All right, John. Uh, you know you're a longtime television executive. Uh, which series has caught your eye the most? Oh, it's St. Louis Vancouver right now. Uh, you know it, it is uh, when you consider that it's the Stanley Cup champions, and you consider that uh, it, it's uh, those young guns that Jim Benning has drafted even though he's been under a ton of criticism in a very tough hockey market. But to watch Quinn Hughes and to to watch uh, Pedersen and Besser and, and Jacob Markstrom, uh, the fact that uh, the Canucks have, uh, well, they could have had them on the ropes worse if they had won last night. But uh, you look at the Canuck Blues series, that to me is, uh, and, and, and you got an $8 million guy not dressing for St. Louis because I, I, I'm not sure they need them anymore. Uh, that, to me, is a, a fascinating series to, to watch uh, in so many ways. Carolina-Boston's kind of fun, but the Canuck-St. Louis series, when, you, when you've got the champion on the, on the ropes, is, is interesting for me. I'm liking Calgary and Dallas, too. That's hard-nosed hockey as well. So. Well, I mean, listen, the Flames, again, the Flames put themselves in a, in a precarious position yesterday. They should have had that game done and 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 salted away, and and they they couldn't they couldn't do it. Uh, and this is all without uh, really the big guns. I know they, they, I know Radulov got credit for the goal, but this is without the big guns really. Ben Sagan and Radulov contributing a lot of points. They need to if those three guys get going as we know they can. Uh, this series could be a lot uh, more slanted towards Dallas. John, great stuff. Thanks for your time. Okay, Bob. That's our NHL insider, John Shannon. He's our headliner today for Touchback Safety. Your safety is their goal. Discover your safety training solutions at touchbacksafety.com. When we get back, uh, we'll get to the Oilers Now injury report for James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. You're listening to Oilers Now, and it's 1252 in Edmonton. Hi, I'm James Neal from the Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chad. James Neal had a decent playoff for the Oilers, scored a couple goals. Him and Chason were effective in a lower support role. It's 12:54 in Edmonton to our Ashley Five Floors text line. Mitch Integrator texts the show to say, Bob, can you ask Spec uh, when his article is coming out on Jonathan Taze missing his check on the uh, overtime winning goal? Uh, again, he actually sent this to me the other day. Just saw it right now. Uh, that Riley Smith scored in game two, of course. Uh, Chicago got back in it yesterday in a large part because Corey Crawford stole one. And that happens. And Corey Crawford only had one good period against the Oilers, but it was the one that mattered the most in a 2-2 game heading to the third. So, you know what? Even the best players get beat once in a while. That's kind of the game. Uh, Robin Edmonton says, Bob, what I would like to see the Oilers is better puck moving from their D. Where are the stretch passes? They're unsuccessful most times because they rarely do it. Any Another one is one-timers. Clefbaum's uh, really the only guy who does that, and that's rare as well. Hmm. I'm going to predict you're going to see a change to the Edmonton Oilers' defense. 
in 2020-21. I don't think there's any question. they they got to have a better transition game. And you can make an argument that the forwards needed to be lower in support, making the uh, zone exit passes easier to execute and that sort of thing. I mean, obviously, Ethan Bear was their best guy getting the puck up the ice. Um, but I think we'll see a change. Just leave it at that for right now. Without further ado, we go to the Oilers Now Injury Report, brought to you by James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. Back at the uh, 630 Chad Studios. By the way, uh, Trent Brown's going to be uh, really, uh, it's a tough one for the uh, E football club there. Trent was a all-star safety, won a great cup in 1993 at the Eskimos. I know uh, all those uh, former Eskimos, uh, part of that uh, Eat Now, what's known as the EE brand, uh, they're hurting the day with the conclusion cancellation of the uh, officially of the 2020 CFL season. Tough break. All right, Brendan, what do you got? Okay, uh, Hurricanes forward Andrei Svechnikov will not play tonight against Boston. He fell awkwardly on his ankle in a net front battle over the weekend. Did not look good as he left that game. And MRI revealed it's not the worst case scenario, but he's still not in tonight. Neither is Joel Edmondson. Uh, he has not played since game one. If you missed this, Tuka Rask has opted to leave the bubble to be with his family. The Bruins players saying they respect the veterans' decision, and that leaves them with Yaroslav Halak as the man between the pipes. Now, should Rask theoretically decide to return at any point, he could. He would just have to you know, have that mandatory isolation period. Uh, David Pasternak, Rask teammate, also missing a third consecutive game. He was hurt in Game 1. St. Louis head coach Craig Berube said both uh, Vlad Tarasenko and Alex Steen will be game-time decisions tonight against the Canucks. Gino Malkin, elbow surgery yesterday out three to four weeks. Matthew Kachuk missed games three and four for the Calgary Flames with a concussion. He is day-to-day. All right, uh, there you have it. All right, uh, Kevin Weeks coming up at 105 today. Off to a global news, weather, and traffic update with Kerry McCarthy. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.